Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey there, Crossrip listeners, and welcome to the podcast. We have a really fun one coming up for you. Yes, it is finally time for our book club that we've been uh, talking about for the last few weeks. We're going to be talking about Violet Ramis Steele's Ghostbusters Daughter, Life with My Dad, Harold Ramis. Uh, wonderful book by Violet, uh, Harold's daughter. Uh, we have some special guests of the Ontario Ghostbusters here on the show to help us out. Stay tuned. Very interesting discussion coming your way. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! All right, this is fun. This is the first uh, cyclotron that we've done in a in a long time. It's also a different type of cyclotron. Uh, so, uh, Chris, you and I, we're gonna we're gonna kick things off, and then we're gonna bring in our special guest here for a second. But uh, yes, if you are tuning in, uh, we will be talking. This is kind of it's the cyclotron is usually a roundtable. This is this we've is, been uh, cyclotron biblioteca. <laughs> I, I remember that. That's bathroom, right? No, that's no, Ponyo. Yep. Uh, Way to go, American. Yay, America. <laughs> Fourth of July. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, a happy Canada Day and happy Fourth of July Can- yeah. uh, to everybody. Uh, more, more happy Canada Day, less uh, happy Fourth of July to everybody. Everybody have a Fourth of July. Have a Fourth of July, yes. Uh, enjoy a burger and a beer and, and try to forget everything that's going on. But uh, in the meantime, we have something really fun to, to distract you guys with. Wait, wait, we're going to... Wait, We're gonna wait, have the, wait, the cyclotron. Wait, 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 wait! What did you say? Have a burger and a beer, and and try to forget everything else that's going on. You just came up with Nick like this falls, maybe <laughs> the summers, runaway number one crossover country hit. You, you just named it. <laughs> it's it's got to have a little. Have a burger and it. a beer. Try to have a good time. <laughs> Well, I thought you were gonna say that's Ready, a T-shirt beep, idea because I, I, I need that those too. too. Well, marketing will come with it. Like <laughs> we're gonna make a killing. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I can only imagine. Um, <laughs> one burger, one beer. Our, our poor, our poor special guests are in the the green room at one o'clock in the morning here. <laughs> oh God, they're going for the twenty main, minute opening. Mainlining the caffeine, trying to stay awake. So, um, all right, Cyclotron <laughs> Biblioteca. Cyclotron Biblioteca. You. We're we're here to talk about, yes, we have been building up to it. This is a, a very special episode. Um, actually, the brainchild of one of our special guests who uh, suggested we do a, a book club, which uh, I thought, oh my God, how do we do that without having, you know, five, uh, six, seven people in the same room at the same time with some awesome finger sandwiches? And But I think we figured it out. You, uh, everybody out there, answered the call, no pun intended, to... Uh, to talk about this wonderful book, Ghostbusters Daughter by Violet Ray Steele, that just came out uh, several weeks ago. Very quick read. I know a lot of people dove into it, read the first 100 pages for the book club, and then uh, decided to keep going, myself included. I was like, I'm just going to keep going because it, it reads very quickly. Um, so what we're going to do is we are going to step into the cyclotron uh, so that our poor guests can actually get some sleep. 
Uh, hopefully they haven't had too much coffee, and uh, yeah, so here we go. We're going into the cyclotron. Everyone's wondering the same thing. Murray, Ackroyd, and Rain. What's that, a law firm? We can talk now, right? Yeah, I was gonna say. So we need to introduce <laughs> the two of you, our our esteemed Ontario Ghostbusters guests, um, and uh, so more Canadians. So more Canadians again, keeping Hello, the theme eh? of me hating uh, my current homeland at the moment. It's eighteen twelve <laughs> all over again. Really that's that's when you guys burned down the White House. No, just kidding. Um, so it's all right. It's okay. We actually did that. <laughs> It depends on our mood, actually. If, if we're if we're feeling like okay with you, we blame it on the British. Yeah. <laughs> and when we're mad at you, we take oh, we take responsibility. It. We take responsibility. So are we taking responsibility I, for it right now? For I, a second I, there, I thought you were going to say when we don't, when we're mad, we blame <laughs> it on the Quebecois. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think we're 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 mad or happy with them. I think it more, it's just sort of sad. I think it, I think it's like American goes 1812 when you go, no, that's okay. Let's not talk about that right now. Okay? <laughs> oh, they're there. How are you doing? How, how are you? Have a seat. Take a look. Have a seat. Take a look. You okay? Can I get you a drink of water? You need, yeah. You need a, you need a hot chocolate. You okay, pal? We should talk about uh, welcome to eighteen twelve talk. Yes, exactly. No, 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 no. This is nineteen eighty four talk and <laughs> oh, before. Perfect. Um, well, all right. Let's. It so was the a people, fine time for me. We we need to introduce. You guys have to introduce yourselves so that everybody knows the voices that they are hearing. So uh, so Solange, let's start with you uh, because this okay. is again you you were the one who messaged uh, messaged. Uh, God, it's messaged us. That's such a weird yes. word. <laughs> Uh, it's, one and it's one in the morning you, for you. Mes- you messaged, yeah. di- direct DM'd us uh, about this book club. So, uh, yeah. so introduce yourself. Tell us uh, your your role in the Ontario Ghostbusters, and uh, we'll, we'll take um, it from there. I think uh, we should physically describe each other as well. Uh, <laughs> about five foot eleven. Um, no. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Um, so Solange, I've been with the Ontario Ghostbusters for almost five years now, surprisingly, and I'm I'm. Other than an active member, I run all our social medias. So if you follow nice. any of them, it's me hey. on the other end. All right. That's good to know. Uh, good to yeah. put a, a face to the the name. Because a lot of times everybody shares the social media or there's two or three people that run it. And yeah. But Chris, Chris and I know nothing do, about that. <laughs> I think it has to do because I'm one of the youngest members in the group. So I get a hang of it really quickly. Ah, aha. I think yeah. you are, in fact, the youngest me- member in the group, my child. <laughs> no, I think Michelle. I think one someone else is younger than me. But oh yes, the one I'm dating. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> How could thank you, you for reminding me? <laughs> Let's. That's a good opportunity to introduce yourself. <laughs> Hello, I'm practicing my elocution lessons, but I'm also Briley Lapine, and I'm one of the presidents of the Ontario Ghostbusters. That's that was that was very. I, do you do voiceover work on the side, Briley? Is that something? I'm hoping to start, in oh, fact. Oh, okay. All right. This is your audition tape. I understand. I atop the lovely Knickerbocker Tower, it's the Betty Hill Orchestra <laughs> with special guest Jack Goodman. Brought to you, as always, by Iceberg Cola. Iceberg. <laughs> Burr, that's cold. This turned into the 1954 <laughs> discussion. We did go I, now live I get to the, the home front. Where? Did I make an obscure enough reference? <laughs> we'll call you. 
Oh, man, that means no. Oh, well, uh, we also look forward to hearing our own voices on your uh, demo reels. So that that'll work out well. But uh, well, thanks. Thanks for joining us, guys, to talk about uh, Ghostbusters Daughter. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, So the two of you will be joining Chris and I in this this roundtable discussion. Um, And then we also have everybody's voicemails, um, Facebook messages, Twitter messages. Uh, Everybody was was kind enough to reach out in, in a variety of different ways. So we will pepper your thoughts throughout here as well. Um, hopefully I can interject where appropriate and, and make it feel like you guys are a part of the conversation. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, this should be a lot of fun. Thanks. Thanks for being here. I know it's, it's 1am full disclosure. It is 1am in Ontario so that the good sports that you are, Chris and I record late. You stayed up even later, uh, and yeah. we we're joking off mic <laughs> Don't before. Don't let that fool you. We're always this funny. <laughs> it's, it's not the punchiness of sleep deprivation that's happening here. No, it's. Reminds me of my my salad days when I had a drug problem. <laughs> you you smoked salad? The- well, that's what we called it back then, young. Oh, man. okay. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> I understand. Uh, well, we're going to get into talking about smoking certain types of salad probably in this discussion. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe several types. But I see uh, what you did there. Ha, ha, well done. Segue. Um, but, uh, so, so let's, let's kick things off here. Let's, let's get into the discussion. Cause I, I have a feeling that it's going to, it's going to be a, a lengthy one. So I want to make sure that we get to all of the discussion topics we have at hand and we get to everybody's comments. Um, but let's, uh, let's start, let's go around the proverbial room here and just sort of give uh, our first thoughts on the book. Uh, you know, if 100 pages in, yes, this is for the first 100 pages, which roughly gets us just about to Ghostbusters. We saved, we saved the two Ghostbusters movies, some of the heaviest material in the book uh, f- for later. Um, so we'll, we'll be sort of getting through. I think that takes us first hundred is like National Lampoon's Vacation. It's just past. Yeah, uh, just vacation. past that part. Vacation. Okay, so yeah, so that's that's kind of what we'll be limiting our discussion to. Although we can, if we want to, sort of non-spoilery, non-ruining uh, things for people. I mean, we all we all know what happens, but uh, you know, uh, we can kind of keep the discussion to those first 100 pages. But uh, but keeping that in mind, imagining that you have just read the first 100 pages, I think all of us now here recording have probably read the entirety of the book. Um, oh yeah. But so uh, let's, uh, Chris, you've, you've been kind of silent. Let's start with you. What were your first impressions about the book? What have you liked so far? What have you liked the least? What, what have you, what have your, your initial reactions to Violet's uh, book have been? I like that both Harold Ramis and I ditched cursive ages ago and we only write, wrote in block letters. That's that's very true. You do get to see his handwriting and then later his, yes, uh, his email a, structure. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a, it's interesting to read um, it, nobody letters anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like it, emails feel kind of different, I guess, than letters. I don't know what it is, but that all a few of his are are uh, reproduced in the book. And yeah, I was I was kind of uh, bemused to discover yeah. that yeah, he writes in 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 block letters. But I think I think that's honestly kind of anybody who's interested in. Um, uh, comedy or cartoons and stuff like that. Like I, 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 God, I haven't in years, but I, I used to be a, a bit of a doodler and yeah, it's just summers along the line. You just go, uh, handwritings for the birds <laughs> and you just switch over to, uh, to block writing. So that was, uh, I mean, that's not the deepest thing I took away from it. The, um, I don't know. I don't know how far you want me to dig into it, but I'm also 
basic. Well, if I remember correctly, by the time we get to Ghostbusters, has he split with Violet's mom? Uh, I think they're just a just, or about, just about, that about part. To. Yeah, yeah, because I'm under the have. impression it happens during Club Paradise. Kind of, yeah, that sort happens. Of. Yeah. Uh, just about while well, she talks about it anyway. After they get back from Jamaica. yeah. So spoiler, everybody. Sorry about that, but it's. Oh man, that... we're only five minutes in. We've already gone past the hundred-page rule. <laughs> that that well, that's on me. Throw the rules uh, out. Damn uh, it, Stuart. That uh, man, that relationship, I just mm, boggles my mind. Um, and I think it reinforces what I get most from the book, which is if we had tried to guess the kind of guy Harold Ramis was, we probably we only could totally have done wrong. Yeah. We only could have gotten about 25%, really. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think he comes across fairly, uh, as you would imagine, a very down-to-earth man who... Yeah, that's the uh, 25%. Very focused on what he loved and the, you yeah, know, mean, wasn't ashamed of what he had done. The well, mean, generally. sweary, uh, heavy drug use uh, cat drowning part, I think probably. <laughs> well, let's well, let's that could be Every, everybody had to strong just about, about anyone in the eighties. Really, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about the cat. We're yeah, gonna let's, talk. Let's about save the cat. The cat. Sure. Yeah. Um, but that's what I got from it. Is it's 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 a, a gripping read so far. Yeah, there's a lot to to dissect and pull apart. But the two things that I have the most trouble with is balancing trying to get to know him because we like to think we know him and we kind of you know we know kind of bit but it's fairly superficial so to get to know the guy much deeper uh that's already uh a lot to chew on and then you add in this you know very 70s and 80s you know super artistic kind of relationship him and his wife have and it's kind of like boy um yeah, I have trouble kind of crunching those two together. It's, I, I'm not saying it's good or bad. But I, I mean, it is what it is. And if anybody reads the book, they'll they'll know how things play out. But it's just, man, like <laughs> even even Violet herself does a lot of qualifications that she loves her mom, her mom loves her, and her mom was not very mom-like in a lot of ways. Yeah, and, yeah, that was the surprising thing to me was that that – that relationship, you know, when you when you hear of a parent uh, getting divorced, you, you know, it's it, you 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 do get sort of like the well, this one was a little more nurturing, this one was not, but you know, uh, the fact that Harold even before they separated was sort of the nurturing one that that was all new to me, but um, but yeah. yeah, it's it's very, I mean, I think, and we we have your your voicemails here uh, that we'll we'll be getting to, but I think a lot of people said that they were. Not surprised, but they were were uh, you know appreciative of how candid the book was, and it seems like you mm. you have that same feeling as well. That we're we're getting a little you know all of the the rough edges, dirt and all. Uh, we're yeah. we're getting the the full picture here, which she, is she's not good. she's not hiding anything from us as far yeah. as I can oh, tell. No. Yeah. and I like I like and, how it comes from um, like you're seeing him as an adult and things that he did as an adult, but half of it you're also seeing it through her eyes as a child and how us as kids or even just kids in general can sometimes glaze over these things that we don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it just changes the, your whole perspective as you get older and understand it. Yeah. It's the image she has of her father. It's the, the singular image of that. The Harold Ramis literally only she would be able to know. Right. Because yeah. she was the one who was the child of these two people who grew yeah. up in this way. Right. She, yeah, she 
it makes it pretty clear, and I mean, you guys can correct me, but the impression I got listening to her is that, uh, yeah, we're getting it through her recollections, but she also spent, uh, like, it's never like she stopped talking to her dad, so there's a, a number of times she makes it clear that her and her dad kept talking, and, I mean, it opens with her that this book was a kind of the repurposing of her hope that it was going to be her and her dad writing a uh, like a, a, a parenting book. Oh, which I wish they so, did. I wish I had so, that right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think... <laughs> I get the perfect imp- timing for you. <laughs> exactly. I get the impression that she definitely did a lot of talking about the way things were as an adult with her dad years later, as well as her mom, because a couple times she mentioned she asked her mom about events and her mom was trying to fill in some gaps or <laughs> was like, no, your interpretation is wrong and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a bit of, of her as she recalled it and how she felt and, you know, as a child at the time, but then she, there is a, a lot of dissecting and, and recontextualizing as an adult later on too. Yeah. Which is, well, it, it, it works really well, I feel like, because the, what I was expecting was, we're going to talk about Club Paradise, so we'll hear about all the parties that happened in Jamaica, but then, well, she was not a part of that. She was, she was little, she was hanging out with Robin Williams' son, you're getting her point of view on things, and it's, uh, it's actually, I, I appreciate that. You, you, it's, there's a direct point of view that we're getting from the book, which yeah. is nice. Uh, sorry, Bradley, I didn't mean to cut you off. What, what were you going to say? I was about to say that I think there is... A passage here on page 38, if I can be very specific. Yes, absolutely. Where she uh, says of her mother, there were times in my life when I resented her for this lack of nurturing, but thankfully she picked the right partner to help smooth out her sharp corners. And she yeah. and I have a great relationship now. I mean, I think that's both speaking towards uh, Harold's abilities as a father and her upbringing. I think that's also a perspective that uh, the breeders in this conversation might have that the la- the, those of us who don't have children might lack. Um, as a person who doesn't have a child myself, I can read this book and go, oh, this is all about this relationship these people formed in this time with this uh, outside influences upon it. Sure. Whereas people with a child perhaps might look at this and go, I want tips. Tell me how to make a good child. I need, where, where does he say how to raise a child? Cause I'm going to skip to that chapter right now. I, I, I'm, I'm looking for that right now. I, I need that. <laughs> it's chapter five. <laughs> Is there an index in the back? Is there an index in the back? Child Uh, rearing 101. My daughter is teething. What does Harold Ramis have to say about that? (laughs) Drugs and lots of them. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. Might as well just dip the pacifier in the whiskey and everything will be fine. Um, Oh, geez, Briley, didn't you say that earlier? Yes, I actually (laughs) really did. Uh, he's on to me. He's on to me. Um, I think that's a really old parenting trick. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think it's a tried and true parenting gotta, trick. You got to do it. You got to do get it. Get him drinking early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get him on the sauce quick. Makes <laughs> well done, son. You can really hold your beer. Now hold daddy's while he gets another one. <laughs> Oh, None man. of this is making it in. This it, is all edited out. All chopped out. No. <laughs> well, well, keep keep us going, Briley. Tell tell me uh, your your initial thoughts of the book while you're while you're still rolling well, here. 
I certainly didn't expect Anastasia to stay with Dorian Gray. Let me tell you that. Oh, you read that the came wrong out of the book, blue. didn't you? <sighs> I got caught up <laughs> listening to Stevie Nicks. <laughs> <laughs> and I just picked the first book I got. Sorry. Um, I really like this book. I thought it was honest. And that's something that that's all you can ask from a semi- biography type of book um it looks very much or it reads very much like the work of a woman who is both uh coming to terms with the passing of her father and what does that mean to her and how much of an influence did this one man have on her life and her musings on how much that man had uh on other people's lives Right. I mean, I think that I think that's why so, the movie part of these of this book is so small. Yeah. I mean, she acknowledges that her father was in the Hollywood industry. He was a writer and director. He was an actor. But that's not who he was to her. And that's what the book really is. That's what the the whole point of this is. This is her coming to tell everybody here is who the father I knew was. Yeah. This is who Harold Ramis was to me. And I think that's a beautiful statement. Um, so few people actually get to see pe- other people like that, let alone close relatives, especially not parents. Yeah, and, and somebody who's so uh, beloved as well that you 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 see the public persona that they present uh, because they are uh, in front of the camera or they're a star or a, 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 an author that you admire or something. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it lives up to the life with my dad. It's uh, as kids, we see our parents go off to work and what happens at work is mysterious. Uh, it's what happens before and after work that concerns us. And yeah, that's, that's what really comes Ooh. across in the book. Right. And it's like, yeah, he worked on these movies. I, I went along for a little bit. But let me tell you about what happened at my high school graduation, because that's what I remember, yeah. you know. Um, I also really dug the the juxtaposition of her mother and, and her father, yeah. uh, how both were extremely creative people, but in very different ways. And how, from her perspective, uh, Harold was the kind of thinking creative, the the one who was the stickler for how to how to make things uh, right, not just for himself, but for everyone else. Uh, to quote again, I, I put a lot of sticky notes in this book I'm glad preparing you did. for this. No, that's, that's well, wonderful. Wow, are you more prepared than I thought you were going to be for this conversation? <laughs> on, on page 35, uh, she quotes him as saying, work from the top of your intelligence <laughs> and focus on making the other guy look good. That sounds exactly like something Harold Ramis oh, would yeah. say. Yeah. Right? That and it so perfectly uh codifies his work ethic. Yeah, making it and applies directly to people that we know and love from Ghostbusters directly. Uh oh, Bill, yeah. Bill Murray, his muse, uh make him look as good as humanly possible. Um Yeah, it, it it's it's funny because we do there are glimpses everybody the, the couple of people that I have heard, they're like, well, I thought there'd be more Ghostbusters in it. You know, uh, no, it's called Ghostbusters. No. Well, no, yeah. but but there are winks and nods and things. You can see the DNA. I am really curious about that, in fact, because uh, she mentions on page 106 French bread pizza. 
And I cannot help but wonder, is that something <laughs> she's throwing in just for us? Because Probably. she is mentioning it in the context of not feeding a child properly. <laughs> See, and I, is she throwing that in? Or is that something he wrote into the script? Exactly. Because yeah. it was his experience of like, oh, these people don't know what the hell they're doing. I'm going to write about what I did with my daughter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I fed my daughter tater tots and whatever it was, uh, and she was fine. Uh, I'll just throw that in there. Yeah. Everyone's fine with tater tots, please. They are delicious. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. It's, it's, uh, it's, I mean, seeing these juxtapositions of his personal and his, his professional life, uh, is, is quite, quite the joy of the book. Um, so, uh, Solange, uh, I didn't give you a chance to, to, uh, give us your 50,000 uh, foot view here <laughs> of, of the book. I'll try to keep it. I'll try to keep it relatively short. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Was I being too highbrow? Mister, I've <laughs> I, got, I've got sticky I notes made, in my book oh, over I'm there. Oh, I'm sorry. Fart. <laughs> Does that help? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, okay, so I parts of it so far have weren't surprising. Like, obviously, we don't know him as much as she did, but I didn't. I totally thought the guy was a pot smoker right off the bat. Look at yeah. him. As much as I love him, look at him. Everything else was a little bit of a surprise. Um, and when it comes to his marriage with his first wife, it was. I kind of felt a little. I don't know, it felt a little bit more natural to me because I, I do come from divorced parents and one parent was way more nurturing and supportive and almost not carefree, but a little bit more relaxed about some of the things I did growing up, whereas the other one was a little bit not stern, but not so interested, Yeah, more focused on themselves kind of thing. So it was it was kind of nice to see that someone who was in the spotlight was like that. I don't know. It just I was like, oh my god, they're actually real people. They do real things. So <laughs> they it was kind of nice. They're just yeah. like us. No, they're just like us. <laughs> only um, better. Only a little better. With a little bit more money. Um, no, I, 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 I mean, we're talking about the first 100 pages. I'm done. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm gonna st- like some things were surprising. Some things not so much. And we'll just kind of leave it at that, and we'll get a little bit into it later on. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I I think that's a good good way to to talk about it. That we can get into the the nitty gritty in a second here. But um, so let uh, let me just quick open it up to to you, the listeners, uh, for your uh, quick initial thoughts here, and then we'll uh, we'll move on. So this is uh, Jacob from the Circle City Ghostbusters. Hello, Jacob. Hi, Jacob. Hey guys, it's uh, Jacob from the Circle City Ghostbusters calling in about the book club thing. I uh, just figured I'd jump right in to your questions um, of what I've liked about the book best so far. I I really like how candid it is. I uh, It's a super easy read, too. You just kind of want to keep going with it. Like you, you know, There's just really um, a nice flow to it. That it's, it's hard for me to put it down. Um, but if I like the least, I, I can't I can't really say... Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that there is that flow and I end up staying up a little too late reading some nights. All right. That's uh so Jacob uh, said basically that it was super easy to read and and very hard to put down, which I think uh we can yeah. all agree upon. Uh, although mm-hmm. I, full disclosure, I have not finished the book. Um I I <gasps> I haven't I haven't brought myself to read the end. Uh You can't be part of this club anymore, Troy. I know. I know. It's I you know, there are some pretty heavy things that come up in pages 100 to 200, and they've Solange, really made me emotional. Don't 1812 him. 
Yeah, don't be mad at token American don't. for that that you know cross the border money. I don't be too mad at him. I'm not 100 percent sure where I left my copy currently. Oh so. no, you don't even know oh, where the book no. is. That's oh, right, uh, that's it. Solange, we're taking over. We're only the hosts of the show. We're, we're only the lead now. singer. Uh, thank God we finally get to rest. <laughs> uh, no, it's, uh, it's funny, Mr. Uh, Craig Goldberg of Yes Have Some, who we love to name drop here, uh, he he finished it, and I told him the same thing. I just I couldn't bring myself to read the end quite yet. I need to be in the right frame of mind uh, to, to hit those last few pages. But, um, Is that but, yeah. because you see it ramping up, and you're kind of like, I need a little <laughs> emotional space just to get there? Like, I need to kind of prepare myself because I know I'm going to be hit by it? Yeah. Or do you just not want yeah. to end? Uh, a little bit of column A, a little of column B. I feel like it's because because the 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 anecdotes and the stories that she is sharing are so touching and so poignant, and I love I love that insight that we're getting, knowing that it's coming to an end. That that certainly is 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 disappointing, but at the same time, you know, knowing where things are going to end, and it's going to end with some emotional uh weight to it uh yeah that's 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 part of the reason that i have put it down i'm on let's see what page am i i'll put i don't have a sticky note i am on page wow i really did come to the table with I your know, homework I'm done so, didn't i so shocked are so really shocked. are you really that shocked that i'm I the am. one who did I the am. homework okay, well let's be completely honest harold says in the book that you need to work hard to make the other guy look good this whole group has been doing that for years, Briley. So I'm super, super happy that you've come with Post-it. Wait a minute. Something said. Something, Not good. Wait a minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm on 318. Yeah, so I've still, I've still got another like 50 Oh, you're not. To that's go. not too bad. Yeah. Okay, you're forgiven. You're I, allowed I, back in the club. I hit the year one poster and I knew that I'm like, uh-oh. All right, things are going to happen. But um, uh, so real quick, I do want to uh, keep us moving on. So uh, let's get uh, Trev from the Welsh Ghostbusters. He's got another voicemail here. Um, and then what I'll do is uh, Laura also left a voicemail. So let's say hi to Trev and Laura. And Hello, then Trev. Hi, Laura. We'll, we'll play them back to back. Every person. Hello, everybody. Hey, fellow book clubbers. It's Trev from over in the Welsh Ghostbusters team. Um, thanks for inviting me into the book club. Um, so, Ghostbusters Daughter. Um, really enjoyed the read um, so far. I've smashed through the first 170 on pages straight off. Um, I suppose what I've liked so far about this book is... Um, very candid. It's something from a very, I suppose, childlike view, view to start with, especially like Howl was such a big thing in most of our childhoods. It kind of just feeds through and kind of pulled me back from it. Hi, this is Laura from Lake Mary, Florida, here to give my thoughts on the book Ghostbusters Daughter. It took me three days to read it. The book was absolutely incredible. I learned so much about Harold. I laughed reading some really great stories. It made me cry, of course, at the end. Um, the book was just unbelievable. Just incredible. Very well done. Very well written. As a longtime Ghostbusters fan, I recommend this book to everyone, whether you're a longtime fan like myself or just discovering Harold from the for the first time. This book it is just amazing read. I loved it. All right. So let's let's move forward 
to the to the second discussion topic of 500 hope you guys packed a snack uh i did but uh so let's talk about what what have you liked the least about the book i uh, the cat came up i don't know maybe 30 seconds into the discussion here and uh i don't i don't know about the ontario ghostbusters social media solange but uh <laughs> The first thing we heard in your considering we're about, raising money for an animal shelter, yeah, yeah, yeah the the cat um, was what we initially got a lot of feedback on. But uh, yeah, yeah, what, what was I your just, experience I on think, that? I think because it's it's very uncharacteristic uncharacter- of him. Like you don't expect it to be something that he would do. Um, but where they were and how it was dealt with, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. It, those parts of Europe deal with stray animals like that all the time. So I think where he was, it wasn't so uncommon, but for him, it was uncommon. And I think that's kind of what threw everybody off. Yeah. Well, and doesn't she comment on it being uncommon too? Doesn't she say like, it it totally feels out of character for my father to have done something like this. I I feel like she, she puts a disclaimer on that as well, that she knows that it's going to be a sore spot for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it, I think it's good to, I think it was a good story to include because I mean it, it and I know we're going to talk about it later meeting your heroes and having these expectations of it. It, it humanizes him in a way sure. because yeah. I mean, we're not going to throw cats in the bags in the oceans of it, but we all do something that we're going to regret later that we, that is uncharacteristic of us and it, and it humanizes him in a way. And it kind of shows that lack of judgment that we all have in our character. Yeah. Is it bad that I didn't even bump on that story until, until people pointed it out, I didn't, I just, oh, they had stray cats on the island and that's how they dealt with them. And, and, oh, that's a, f- a funny anecdote, but I didn't really think of the, it didn't, the it ramifications didn't, it didn't of it. affect me the same way either. So like, again, because I'm, I have like my boyfriend's European, I'm half European. That's how they deal with stuff over yeah. there. And so I was kind of like, uh, okay, well, yeah. It, Don't yeah, you also do. own a cat? I do. Well, He's laying down right here. <laughs> And he has Only three legs. Now, right? And, yeah. Okay, I love that. that cat is treated way better than any human in my life. So <laughs> I've dare known someone Solange to try to put him in a bag. Five years now, and yeah, she treats that cat better than any human being I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> dare someone to put him in a bag? But yeah, like I said, it's it's just that's what they do over there. It's uncharacteristic of him. Yes. Yeah. One hundred percent. So it's, it's funny that that's, that's what everybody, I mean, I mean, it's, it's good that that's the one and only example that seems to predominantly come out in the discussion uh, online about things that people didn't enjoy about the book is the cat, the cat story. I hated the cat cat story. The cat story, not the like, okay, like I said, did surprise me that the guy smoked pot, but like everything else that he did, that doesn't shock you. I guess maybe not because the time frame. It directly opposes almost every other mention in the book. Everything yeah. else is about him being artistic, caring, considerate, maybe a little bit of an outsider, but definitely a man who loved his family, loved yeah. his work, and loved his life. That is the one thing that could be called outright cruel or perhaps unusual for that character or that that setup. Because mm-hmm. obviously he's just living his life. He's not playing a character. Yeah. But still, that's the one note. Even when he is fighting with her mother, it is portrayed in the sense of he is coming to my defense when my mom was coming a little crazy at me. That's not insane. That is a man uh, bonding with his daughter and having perhaps problems with his wife. The cat thing is just I am upset with this animal (laughs) and I'm going to go to the extreme. I need to get some sleep. Yeah. Yeah. 
I am I am on this island. There is nothing to do. Every song eventually is going to speed up here, and I need to sleep. <laughs> well, and it, and it's not like I mean they do the the microscope is put on a few of these violent moments. You know, the you mentioned uh, his his altercation with Anne, uh, the cat thing uh, later on. You know, the the Groundhog Day. We, we can talk about it because it was in an article that came out before the book even came out that. You know, he throws Bill Murray up against a, a wall, uh, holding him by the throat, you know, but the, the microscope, like, I, I feel like these are drops in the bucket. These are not indicative well, of his he character. he was also a human being, and again. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's my whole point, is you're, yeah. we all make silly mistakes like that, whether it be in the heat of the moment, or lapse of judgment, or, you know, um, thinking one thing when it's actually something else. Like, we all do it. Like I said, not to the extent of putting cats in bags, but we all do it. We we all For have our cats us, in the bags. Yeah. Pastime yeah. that's just a hobby. I don't know. You got to go ask those guys on the piers in, in Europe because apparently other people were doing it too. It's, yeah, he he commented on it. He saw them out there uh, in the water, and yeah. But um, well, uh, anything else uh, that the group may have not uh, not appreciated or didn't like, or something that you bumped on uh, in the in the first hundred pages or so. Um, I like I said I. The guy struck me as a pot smoker. Everything else was kind of like, oh, bro, what, what, really? No, not my Herald. No, but then I was like, ah, you know what? That's the time. So I don't, I don't think anything really affected me in such a negative manner. Like not even the cat. Yeah. Well, it's it's know. funny. Like you were surprised by him being a a, a pot smoker. I, I no, didn't... that that I I kind of I, like I said, it just it was like a hunch. I'm like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Everything else, like some of the other stuff that he did, I was like, oh, that's okay. Yeah, all right. I guess that's the time. That's what you do. Yeah, the cocaine thing really, I, that was what's, I, I didn't peg him as a, as a cocaine guy. And, he, and even at one point they say that he declined the writing job on SNL because he didn't want to stay up fueled by cocaine all night uh, like they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the fact that he, he was a cocaine user and then stopped, uh, later in, in life, that, that was surprising to me. I, I, not, not something that I didn't like, like, again, it was of the time it was the eighties, man. Everybody had Coke, right? Um, but yes, yes, we did. <laughs> we were kids. I had Coke. Why not? My God. Um, never seen transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Any of them. (laughs) Flying high as a kite, man. (laughs) Oh, man. The TV was even off sometimes, and it was still the best show out there. (laughs) The TV was off the whole time, and it was the best show. Uh, um, Unaired episodes of Transformers. That's what they were. Yeah. I was watching Beasties well before it was on air. (laughs) Uh, Cocaine. Hell of a drug. Sorry, wait a minute. Ask Chevy Chase. We're talking about Ghostbusters. Talking about Ghostbusters. Other 80s franchises. Uh, Chris, Sorry. what, uh, you, you've been, uh, you've been a little quiet. Was there anything that you, uh, didn't, didn't care for in the book or, or, uh, not th- something that you just didn't like? Uh, I, I don't know if I know. See, the thing is, is my background is I studied history, so I don't know if I really take things as I didn't like because they are yeah. what they are right yeah, like, it's, and it's biographical too so it's not like i didn't like this character this character was violet you need to rewrite this book we didn't like this part um <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean and obvious things just the Belushi me. character is unbelievable no one could act like that no <laughs> i i 
I don't know. I, I mean, I think I'll be pondering the bit about the cat for a long, long time. Like, cause yeah, it was, it's even now it seems completely uncharacteristic, but at the same time, it's not like, you know, people don't have bad days and do bad stuff, you know, all the time sort of thing. And so it's kind of, it's what she's left is a bit of a mystery there. Like why exactly did he hit the point where he's like, it's cool to throw a, you know, a, you know, drown a cat sort of thing. Um, I, that's, yeah. So I, I mean, it's an, it's an uncomfortable bit just on its own. And what it's left is kind of an itch that I I don't know if I'm going to be able to scratch because she doesn't know. We don't know. He can't answer for it. It's just like, I don't know. Um, We're just going to have to hope that there's an, uh, that there is an afterlife and we can just ask him about it later. Like, dude, what happened with the cat? Like, tell me what happened with the cat. Be straight. Can you imagine poor Hale Ramis in the afterlife having to answer for this cat story? (laughs) Like, imagine if this is wrong in some way and he's got to go like, no, really, it was like this for the rest of the eternity. Forever, yeah. Forever. And his his retort will be, you you read the book, right? Violet wrote a whole chapter called Mystery Baby, and that's that's not what you want to talk to me about? You want to talk to yes, me about the that's cat? Right. <laughs> and By it, all means, you know, let's I used talk to get about asked about Ghostbusters up here. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not as simple as, as he... Uh, that he had a breaking point, because... She outlines a couple of stories, like when she uh, was out with him and, you know, had an accident and she said he was annoyed, but he, you know, he, he, he did the, the, the good parent thing, which is, you know, he did not make her feel bad about it. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you think a guy that would get pissed off enough at a cat to drown it, you know, it's easy to say then that he's the guy that would blow up into a, a fury when his, you know, young daughter you know, uh, wets herself sort of thing. And but you know he... what? Sorry. No, just go ahead. Me real quick. I- I'm wondering if Did you if just maybe... wet yourself? No, I didn't. I did not. Um, that was yesterday. Because um... I'm going to launch into a <laughs> violent tirade. No, 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 no. I- I'm wondering if maybe because he did dabble in some of the white powder, if it might might have been... Maybe he was in an influence of some kind and just couldn't deal with it. I don't know. Maybe that's. I mean, to be honest, that would if I had to to pick a reason, that would be kind of be at the top of it. Like he was, yeah. he was, you know, <laughs> and drinking. So you know, drinking and cocaine probably not yeah. the best mix yeah. to deal with a a cat that had been basically bugging him for weeks. Like so, yeah. I mean, that's as good a reason as any. Mm-hmm. That's um, what I'm thinking now that we've all kind of hashed it out. Of yeah. It. He, I think, I think, I think you're probably, probably right. I mean, if I, if I need to pin my, you know, my, my thinking on anything just so I can, you know, stop obsessing about it, it'd it'd be that one. Um, I don't know that there's anything else that kind of reaches that, although there are a few points where overall she talks about what a great dad he is, but she talks a few times about bits where he kind of, uh, essentially drops the ball like he's uh, yeah I don't know but at the end of the day he measures up fine because uh, compared to uh, their choice of Godfather who oh yeah yeah who, who I'm reading this book and then you know they're talking about making Bill Murray uh, her Godfather and he was great 
you know, wandering around a party using her as a prop and then would completely essentially forget about her afterwards. And I was like, that's a little uncomfortable too, because now I'm sitting here going, we, we got to get the Bill Murray autobiography at some point because, because that man had kids to raise too. So I'm kind of curious. Like, yeah, what what will uh, the the Murray sons be saying uh, about Bill? Yeah, what, yeah. What, what's 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 Homer's book going to be like? Oh my uh, goodness! When it comes yeah. out. Um, I remember That's this one question. party, and then he sat me down, and I didn't see him again for ten years. <laughs> and I've texted him, and I haven't heard back from him. And... I kept calling his pager. <laughs> <laughs> but he gave me a bit part at the end of one of his movies, so everything's a okay. Everything's All is fine. forgiven. Yeah, uh, I play the dolphin in Life Aquatic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, terrible. Uh, but, Chris, um, you said that the times that he dropped the ball. Do Do you have a specific example about that? Are you Are you talking about? Do like, I have a copy of the book with stickum notes <laughs> in it? No. Well, I mean, no, you, I do not. Are you talking about the times right. that? I'm he... sorry, I did the homework, folks. I took <laughs> this off. discussion in book club seriously enough to start drinking at four to get myself <laughs> in a mental state to be here. <laughs> Oh, uh, I, I, yeah, offhand, not really. I mean, the one story that comes to mind, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily a terribly bad one, is uh, that bedtimes were, were options. If, if this book proves anything, by the way, it's, as long as you're like a, a moral and, uh, and, it, you know, uh, mostly okay human being, it doesn't matter what weird quirks or creative, you know, artiste kind of things you got going on or whatever, you can probably raise an okay child because, they, she makes it very clear that uh, her diet was <laughs> was fairly uh, uh, kiddish uh, for a long, long time, and the the number one thing was basically no bedtimes. If she was yeah. if she was together with him, they'd stay up watching movies until one of them passed out, sort of thing. And uh, you know, I'm sitting there going, "Man, that'd be so much easier than the fight I have every evening." But uh, <laughs> Uh, that's not the. That's not the wait, person. Wait, wait, wait. You are, yeah, you're fighting your kid to put him to bed, or he's fighting you to put him to bed. Once yeah. again, I'm not a breeder, so I don't know these things. It mostly it's him. Um, no not, kid wants to go to bed. Come not, on. Not to go off on a tangent here, but this week's struggle was that his teacher, God bless her, in kindergarten, has been teaching the kids that they're the boss of themselves, and this is part of their. This is an extension of the stranger danger training. This is mm-hmm. this is this is the latest uh, addition to it, which is when you're out on your own, you're you. Nobody else, you know, that you don't know gets to come along and tell you what. My son has extrapolated that into mommy and daddy are not the boss of him either. Uh, yeah, I probably would have advised against that uh, learning experience. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, we need. Oh, no. It's a very good lesson that needs a couple more caveats put in there. The so, kid doesn't hear. The kid's not going to hear when you're out in the public and there's a stranger. They're going to hear, "I'm the boss of myself." Yeah, that's and, all here. That's yeah. all roughly, here. Yeah, roughly uh-huh. around that age is when they start to feel that they're the boss of themselves and everybody else. So good luck. You're you're in for some. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. Part of me is looking forward to it that when he gets a little bit older, and summer vacations is particularly come around, or you know, he's. I, I can see myself doing more of that. Like I have a a, a whole love of cinema that I want to share with him. That I I you know it it's not. It doesn't come up a lot. It's come up in a lot of his talks. Harold Ramis had a, a big love of cinema and all that too. That bits of it are kind of shining through here. This whole thing that they'd stay up late watching, 
you know, movies on TV and all that, and going and, to the movies, and movies all the time. Movies that she probably should not have been should watching have, at her was, age. That's the other what thing. Was the, oh, the Bad Lieutenant. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like she's 15. Like actually, it's one of the without giving too much away. Yes, yeah, they would go to movies all the time, and the rating had nothing to do with it. Like if it looked like a good movie, they would go to it. And there's a there's a bit in the Bad Lieutenant that even I, as a grown human being studying film, can't, can't do it. Was yeah. like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and the, and the best part is that he turns to her in the theater and mouths the words, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> um, but again, a clear indicator that he's kind of unplugged a couple of parental common sense wires, like or they're not or were never plugged in, sort of thing. And yeah, I don't. But he apologizes. He realizes it. He apo- he, he mouths. I'm sorry to her and that's it's a very fine distinction a lot of people can actually have something go wrong and go oh whoops Uh, as a parent what you're trying to do is anticipate those things and avoid them altogether and taking your 15 year old to see a hard R Harvey Harvey Keitel movie uh, called Bad Lieutenant yeah uh, that one kind of should have been a uh, maybe ask around. I think he probably knows a few people in Hollywood. He could have made a call. He could have, yeah. And, um, and they're, they're, you, you can make those honest mistakes. I, I vividly remember my parents taking me to see Exit to Eden because it had Rosie O'Donnell and Dan Aykroyd in it. My parents were like, you love Dan Aykroyd. We love Rosie O'Donnell. What could possibly go wrong? And, and the look on my parents' faces... <laughs> When that movie started, um, I mean, it, it's possible it can happen. In my family, it went the other way. My parents at one point were like, "We want to rent a movie. We're thinking about renting a movie." And and I don't. I think I was nine or something. I went Clockwork Orange, and they're like, "Well, that's an Oscar winner, sure." And then they watched it, and the next day they're like, "Where did you hear about this movie?" And I'm like, "Mad Magazine." Oh, so man, <laughs> take that eye makeup all away. No. no, they didn't take them all away. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I mean, I think this was an honest mistake. What I'm saying though is, is, is that uh, I think nine out of ten parents. Well, not nine. Let's say se- okay, six parents out of ten probably would have been. Uh, I think four of them flat outright would have said no way to a 15-year-old at Bad Lieutenant. I think two would have hummed and hawed and thought about it and went, probably not. And, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a few that made an honest mistake. Well, no, three would have made an honest mistake. Soci- you know, human society's got assholes in it. One probably said, oh, this is going to be a shit show and I'm taking my 15-year-old to it. So he's, yeah, whoever that guy is, screw that guy. Um But, yeah, I, I, that's just kind of it. Like, there's, there's this... I, I don't know. I think Briley's probably got a, a, a different impression. I'd be interested, Troy, because you're kind of middle ground. What you have is um, the what's the Scrubs joke? Having a baby is like a puppy, only it learns to talk. Um, <laughs> when you have that's a baby, that's what I was doing wrong with the dog. <laughs> when oh. you have, when you have a baby, it's not quite the same. Like you know the the. The self-propelling personality machine that can communicate is not quite there yet, um, and and so I'm reading a book, listening to her talk about how he parented her as somebody that has somebody like I mean, by the time we're 100 pages in, we're kind of past Thomas's age range, but I can extrapolate a bit here. And and early on, it was it's a direct correlation. Like I can yeah. literally compare how I'm approaching these things and reading his stuff, going. 
wow, okay, really? Um, so I don't know. I, again, I don't think it's a bad thing, and I don't think he's a bad person, but there's a very different era, very different philosophy about raising kids. Yeah. I think, I, I think even in, in, in that era, too, because, I, I mean, uh, God, that would have been about the time. I think she's a little bit younger than I am. I'm trying to remember when they said she was born. When she was is she born? Seventy. She was four years. I think she's the same age as my brother. Let's see if it says on the first couple pages here. I I know that they they called it out immediately. Forty four sixty two uh, two thousand seven. Sorry, keep talking. I'll I'll find it while you're. My, uh, po- my point is is plus or minus a few years. I was raised in the same era and I can also compare it to the way, you know, my mother raised me and my parents raised me and all that. It's like, uh, it's really so. And I can look around at my, you know, my, I remember my friend's parents and all that. I think, I think it's very clear that whether it was just because he ran in artistic circles or whatever, cause his mom sounded pretty, uh, yeah, pretty his standard parents as a mom. Pretty, pretty standard parents. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. something, something of that raised in the sixties kind of thing, Not, you know, as he put it, when he went to school, he, what did he say? He went in looking like, what was Riley, it? Went do in, you have your page mark? Page mark. He oh, went I'm in look- sorry. We like the bookmarks now. <laughs> I forget. We, but he we made- like the idea of actually noting passages you want to talk about in regards to the subject we are going to talk about. <laughs> well, I mean, make yourself useful here. Um, but yeah, uh, go back he, and telling jokes if you like. We've seen we've seen we've seen that that picture of him that very square picture of him yeah. with short hair and glasses. That was him entering like high school, and by the time he left high school university, he had you know he had the he had the big hair going on. By the way, looking at those photos, there's a couple of the early day ones. He's got Egon hair. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. One hundred percent. There's a couple where it's like wow. Like and he, yeah. I mean, in the commentary for the movie, he made such a big deal about having that haircut, but it's living and breathing right then and there. So I don't know. There was a one year period for whatever reason. His hair was essentially, basically, perfectly Egon. He returned to the it, past. I think it yeah. also speaks to like the shoestring budget they had on the movie, where it's like, well, we've got flight suits. Let's just take them off the rack. <laughs> No, we're not going to spend money to have your hair styled. It's whatever hair you're going to walk in with. That's right. <laughs> like the glasses he's wearing are probably his actual literal glasses that he wore outside, right? Yeah. Exactly. I um that's another thing. If anybody wants to play a game when you're reading this uh book, keep a pen and paper handy and write down the names of his dad's friends because you can then go over to the two National Lampoon movies, yeah, and yeah. immediately mesh their story into his story because it's not very clear in the National Lampoon because we're following the 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 you know the lead the editor in that one. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the writers and all that were directly friends with him. Uh, I mean, he worked with them and kept in touch with them and all that. It's Boy, at the end of this, we're going to have a real good snapshot of 70s and 80s uh, comedy in in America, I yeah, think. Yeah, put it all together, absolutely. Um, Anyways, that so, was my long-winded way of no, answering your question. I mean, that was, that was I, great, I and like? you, you actually made me think of something. So, you know, I made a comment earlier about, boy, I wish that... Uh, that Harold and Violet would have sat down and made that parenting book that they talked about doing. I think they inadvertently did. I think that, yeah, you know, I the more that we're too. talking about it here and, and even, you know, Andrew of, of the Ghostbusters Reaper division, he called out that he was surprised by the alternative parenting 
um, that Violet received uh, through through Harold and Anne, and then later with with Harold and Erica. But um, you know, I, our our conversation has naturally steered toward that. I think that's what I you you asked uh, Chris. I, that's what I've taken from it is like, oh my god, what would I do in that scenario? You know, I'm I'm thinking of those parenting manual books that I would be reading, like taking this as as uh just an example or, or things that i can learn from and uh yeah i feel so like you're gonna go out and buy a lot of tater tots a lot of tater tots and i'm gonna get i'll get arrested <laughs> in jamaica for for holding but um yeah no. I, I i feel like so so before because i i wanted to make sure that i get andrew's comment in there because it, it, it fit in so perfectly with what you were saying chris uh so andrew on our instagram said um, it was difficult at times reading the dynamic between Violet and Harold. In many ways, I share the same dynamic with my son and my ex-wife. I consider myself to be an alternative parent as well in countless ways, and I constantly try and teach my oh teach and show my son to question everything and to have the heart of a lion. I can go on and on with the similarities, but I'll stop with this. I feel and anticipate to learn a lot from this book. I became a father at 20 years old, and I'm still trying to figure out my best oh i'm still trying to figure i'm still trying my oh sorry guys i can read that's why i'm doing a book club i'm still trying my best (laughs) to figure this mess out not only thinks he doth protest too much uh, not only did i see harold as a hero i now get to hear his guidance from the father figure that i never had so i i feel like maybe they they have they have written that book, even though they they set out to do it and they didn't actually achieve that goal. I think inadvertently she has written that by their own example here. So um, I think that yeah. I think that's it's 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 exactly what she wanted to do with him. It's showing what a difference in than what we're used to that cookie cutter parenting that we see in movies and television and maybe even some other celebrities or people we look up to. It's it's that alternative parenting. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I had. Uh, a parent who was not to the extreme that that Harold and Anne were, but she was my mom. She was very, very open and very honest and let me kind of explore and learn things on my own and gave me her advice when she felt it was needed or, you know, she she was very carefree about it, but still there. And it's I I think she's done it. I think uh, Violet's done exactly that. She's written that book with her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It makes me wonder, like, what his influence, if he were alive to help with it, would have been. Would he have been like, no, don't tell anybody any of this? Like, did mm. go with what, let's let's not make the mistakes. I don't want you glorifying what I think is wrong. You know, I don't, right? I don't think I put so. It, I put it in the script because I felt bad about it in retrospect. Right? Yeah, I don't think, I don't know, it doesn't strike me or as something he, he would do. Or would he just say, yep, put it all in there. Everything. I don't know. All he, he, the he, good, he was the closely bad, guarded. Everyone. Yeah. Um, she talks. If I'm going to go back to my sticky notes, do it on page seventy-two about him talking about the absurd child syndrome, uh, which is about uh, age six, apparently, where the child starts to realize uh, some of the information they are getting from authority figures is wrong. And they start questioning it, right? Yeah. Oh, Chris, that sounds about where you're with Thomas right now, no? Exactly <laughs> like where he is yeah. with Thomas, really. And then you have a, you have childrens who either... Childrens? Children. You have young Children's. Children's. The You have little adults who, who miniature people 
who say either society is crazy or I am. And if they say, I think they're all crazy, uh, the child alienates themselves and they have to realize that, hey, everything's absurd from a very young age. And they have to learn to deal with the idea of being um, insular like that. Or do you have to cling on to the social structures that are given to you, like family, church, and state? Yeah. Do you accept those uh, unquestioning? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ask ask Thomas that, Chris. Let's uh, get his sure. thoughts in there and see. I'll go wake him up right now. It wasn't a struggle. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> He's going to wake up and go overthrow the government. <laughs> uh, where'd he get this cigar and beret? <laughs> And grow facial hair. How old is he? Um, so, he really is my child. <laughs> it's a cunning beard, Chris. Um, so, uh, t- so things that you learned about Harold. I, I alluded earlier to. I-, I never knew that he had been offered SNL and turned it down. But uh, w- was there anything in there that you had learned about Harold that uh, stood out to you? Um, or, or, or something that you, you appreciate now that you know that about him? I was, I think it was the same with you when it came to the SNL. Cause I, you know, digging deep before this book came out and saw that he was a writer for SCTV. I was like, okay, but everybody he was used to working with was for SNL and not having the kind of the background story for that. So that was kind of a nice little enlightenment moment, I think. Yeah, it, well, and, and watching Feudal and uh, Stupid Gesture, where uh, Lauren Michaels recruits all of the Second City people uh, and the Lampoon people, like, why why wasn't Harold a part of that group? I've kind of always wondered that. Did he audition? Did he not want to do it? Yeah, that that was uh, surprising. But, um, but uh, Briley, how about you? Any Anything that uh, was, was surprising to you? Uh, I have a small confession to make. I am a bad Ghostbusters fan in that I don't tend to obsess a lot over the extraneous details about a lot I of the actors' You're lives. Out. Get out. <laughs> I know. And I'm one of the people who run the group. Ha <laughs> um, So in some respects, almost everything in here is new to me. Yeah. But at the same time, from seeing his works uh, and and seeing him on screen, it is also very familiar because there is constant themes throughout his work sure. that he explores in detail, especially as he gets older and is able to direct and basically have things his way. And how that all kind of meshes with what is being presented here in the book. His, his views on religion and life, relationships, they all sort to rhyme together. They all sort to, they, well, they all have a throughput. You can tell that this is consistent with the values he uh, wanted to show on screen and he wanted to impart to his children. So in some ways, a lot of it's new to me, and that's, that's really neat. That's interesting. It's, it's like I've gone in to see a movie without like going through the IMDB trivia page ahead of time going, ah, in this shot, you can see a boom operator. <laughs> I'm going to say right now, if anyone goes through those trivia facts without going to see the movie first, you are a monster. How oh, dare you? Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Chris, Chris wow, and I have talked at length about those trivia. Say things. that, huh? Going to alienate yeah, the I'm monster right segment there, yeah. of this, 
of these poor people's podcast. It's actually the first thing I do after I see a movie is I rip open the IMDb page because I just like to know little hidden facts about pretty much any film that I watch, regardless if I like it or not. So if you read it beforehand, you're a monster. There it is. That's the hot take. Done. Done. Throwing it down. Solange, I do that too. What? You read it after? I totally read it after. Okay. I I want to find out who was making the props. I want to find out, like... Where do they got the fabric for whatever? I love well, that Well, you would because you're our prop builder. You like to know these things. Oh, these are things see. that, Bri- if you guys don't know, Briley's one of the guys I who folks. builds all our props. Um, so these, one, well, Mike used to do it too, but you pretty much do it all now. Never mind, I take it back. So Briley's the only guy who builds <laughs> our props. Um, now. Now. So those little information and little facts and tidbits would be important to someone who practically does it at home. Yeah. Mm, so that makes sense. Makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. It, I find it fascinating. It is endlessly fascinating to figure to see how people perform. Uh, I don't want to say miracles, but how they get solutions to problems, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's all that movie making is really. It's a bunch of problems, and you've got to figure out all the solutions to it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and hearing professionals talk about it is endlessly fascinating, right? is endlessly interesting to hear professionals talking about how they solve professional problems. Yeah, so that's, that's uh, behind-the-scenes documentaries and uh, making-of books. That's like, oh. that's what I love, man. I love Cinefix. I, yeah. I won't buy a movie unless it's got special features and bonus stuff. Like, I won't, yeah. won't purchase it. Oh, bless I'm, you. As somebody who used to work in that industry, bless you. <laughs> I'm, yeah, in kind of, I'm in kind of a weird spot right now reading... Violet's book because we're pretty close to getting to the point where he's going to transition over to like uh, heavy directing. Um, and while th- at the same time, I, I've been reading um, uh, Tom Lennon and Ben Grant's uh, book, writing for movie, writing right. movies for fun and profit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of, you know, improv comedian guys who are also writers and I've gone through their bit where they talk about, you know, where writers are on the Hollywood totem pole and, you know, and, and they made the point that depending on how you like, you can't be precious about your writing work, but if you move into directing, Hey, nobody's going to mess with your script anymore sort of thing. And I'm kind of starting to get vibes out of, out of Violet's book that Harold's, a very written kind of guy. He's, he's learned how to make room for improv, but he's not, a, he even says himself, he's not, you know, um, he's not an improv guy the same way as the people he was surrounded by were improv people. Yeah. Like, I think he's, that's in the SCTV chapters where she has a quote from him saying something to the effect of, you know, I would be up on stage doing improv and I'd be writing for everybody. And the director, or the coach would say, stop it, stop writing for everybody. Just, just yeah. improvise. So I'm yeah. kind of curious now that I'm I'm read up on 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 their whole feedback on being a writer in comedies and stuff like that. You know how much I'm gonna seep over into Violet's, but we'll see. But uh. yeah, well, and and he, I mean, especially in his writing, I feel like, and and maybe to your point too, Briley as well, that he wrote what he knew. He wrote himself into all of these roles. So even if you weren't intimately. Uh, uh, oriented with all of the details of his life by seeing his movies, you've kind of indirectly been exposed to those things. Like in, like in stripes, the he most dodged, important. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, dra- uh, dodging the draft, uh, his spiritual um, uh, enlightenment uh, as a Buddhist, uh, th- things like that come through in his writing. What he thought was a cool version of himself is himself in stripes. That was that was actually surprising to me. I didn't know that that was him trying to play cool him. I thought that was just him. <laughs> I thought that's what Harold <laughs> Ramis was like, man. Well, um, even she mentions... Um, when we get to like National Lampoon's vacation or family vacation, she mentions like him maybe seeing himself in that character because he wants to portray or be that perfect dad and yeah. still have time for, you know, his career and things that he does on the daily. So, yeah, that's it's 100 percent possible that we've kind of already seen a glimpse into what this man was like yeah. through his work. But now, man, now what we're does that more. say that uh, the dad in vacation is your ideal dad? No. When you when you look at Chevy Chase and go, that man's got it all figured out right there. That guy no. buying that big rambling station wagon, he's got it all. That's what in. I got to do. Yeah. But here's the best thing about dads, and since there's two of them here, is you guys don't have everything figured out, and you never will. One hundred percent. I won't. No. No. Uh, uh, wow. No. Legit, like none of, like I'm not. I don't have. When are you gonna health, open the psychology booth, Lucy? <laughs> the doctor is in. The doctor is in. I, no, I, w- I wish. I wish. I wish I could offset your your shock and surprise there a bit, Troy. But yeah, she may be onto something. I, so. I mean, I'm not entirely. I just when I thought I was getting a grasp of this, like, uh, I, she's probably right. It'll. Now I've I've got it now, but then she turns two, and then everything goes to hell, and then she becomes yeah. a teenager, and then everything goes to hell again. Um, yeah, that's, that's okay. Oh, I'll, don't you, I can't it. wait for her to become a teenager. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> what, what are you, what are you doing in once about 13, being, 14 years? <laughs> <laughs> once being a female teenager myself. Oh no. Uh, yeah. <sighs> well, I'm going to drink for a little bit. You guys talk amongst yourselves <laughs> here. <laughs> get a head start. Get a head start. So, yeah. get a head start. Chris, your yeah. opinions on, uh, being a female teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm writing a book right now. Um, oh, what's it called? What's the working title? Uh, are you there, God? It's me, Chris. <laughs> uh, New York Times bestseller list right off the bat. Right off the bat. And you can tell he knows what he's talking about. That's right. <laughs> he's pre-med. Um, we'll say, all right. <laughs> Uh, so here's here's every another... night he looks up at the stars above and says, "Why do I have to be a teenager in love? Teenage girl in love, yeah. Uh, teenage girl in love. Digging deep. I like it. I know that's the what the kids are calling deep cuts. Deep cuts. Deep cuts. Um, well, I, I did want to talk about to be or not to be. That was another thing that was um, I was surprised to learn. Uh, not just that Harold had worked uh, in the psych ward. Uh, for, for quite some time, he also had a, a myriad of other jobs that were surprising as well, but that he had written a book or I'm sorry, a screenplay to be or not to be that is unproduced as of yet, um, that details his life working in that, uh, in that ward and meeting, uh, Violet's mother. And so, so speaking of things that would be autobiographical, that we would see himself quite literally on screen. Uh, here's that- my question. Who would play Harold? Who would play that character? I would definitely call the guy who was in a futile and stupid gesture again. He was oh, great. Yeah. He was that. I mean, the casting in that, just despite them poking fun Shh, at themselves. Don't spoil it. I haven't seen it yet. 
Oh, it... you don't know anything about Doug Kenny? No, I I know. Or Kenny? It's wow. on my Netflix list. It's in my list to watch, but please don't spoil anything okay. for me. But the casting is great. That's all you need to like. The casting is one. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they will make fun of the fact that the casting is off in some instances, but um, mm. but yeah, I, I mean, uh, God, who would play Harold Ramis? That's uh, that's a really good question. I don't know, but he has a son, does he not? I'm he does, Julian. He's got yeah. two. Yeah. Kind of curious. Uh, it, I don't know if it was in the book or any side reading I was doing, but. One of them sounds like he's entered roughly the same world as Harold was in, too. So, I don't know. Maybe. Was the older son the one who was in the 2016 movie? Yeah, I think that's that's Julian, who who I think what? is is the one who is also approached. Because he, he's popped up in um, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver a couple times, too. So, oh, I know well, he's in that circuit of, yeah. of, of comedy. Yeah. It is literally the role he was born to play. Quite yeah. literally. Submit your fan casting to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, forget, to forget about the cat. Are. Move on from the cat. Oh my god! Could you imagine all the Ghostbusters fans nominating themselves? Uh, yes. Just all over the world in broken English in some cases because they're like using Google Translate just to get oh, it across. Oh, can we have a lookalike contest? Can you, if you feel that you look like Harold Ramis at any point in his life, can you send us a picture and we'll pick the best one. Oh, that that's a great especially now that we have the photo uh comparisons here in the book that we can be using. Uh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, if if you've got a and photo if where you, you are look a child like of Harold Ramis, please don't <laughs> enter. You're going to win. Yes. It's not fair. They do look a lot like him. <laughs> and that that comes up late again. That's that's that'll, uh, that'll come that's up later. coming up later. Yeah, <laughs> that you look just like him. Um, but uh, so, uh, uh, Briley, you've got some uh, some sticky notes in there. Do you have a favorite uh, passage or quote or anything uh, that you you flagged uh, that's that's of note? I do, but it isn't in the first hundred pages. Ah, mm, all right. Spoiler. I know. Save save it for the next one. Uh, oh yeah that's uh well and and the reason i I, you know it's funny uh we were talking about how should we break this up because the chapters i think solange you and i said like oh we'll just read like the first three chapters and then we realized that they're like three or four pages each and that took like no time at all um so i just arbitrarily said well it's it's like a 350 page book roughly 400 page book let's just do like the first hundred not knowing that right after, I think it's like page 120 is where stuff really starts getting kind of heavy, where we start getting into um, divorce and and uh, uh, pregnancies and uh, termination of pregnancies, th- things that are very heavy. I think it's I think it's good, though, because it keeps it lets us into the conversation a little bit light, kind of fun, yeah, hearted, a little bit minus yeah. the cat. Um, and then the cat. move into well, I think it's also her view, like the early pages are literally her young childhood. Yes, where absolutely. she has basically a rose uh, colored glasses on everything. And then as she becomes older and is able to realize, hey, there's more to this world than what I am being shown. And she realizes, hey, there is stuff to that I'm missing, right? She had the uh, uh, hindsight to go back to her mother and say, hey, that time when you guys were doing this, what was actually going on? And if there's one thing we've learned from the mom, she will tell you exactly what was going on quite 
quite uh, uh, bluntly and and without any pretext or any yeah. any airs. You'll say, no, this is what was going on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's Troy, how about you? Part two. How about you with your quotes? Favorite quotes? I, uh, you know, I don't In the first have, hundred pages, please. In the first hundred pages. I don't have one in the first hundred pages, unfortunately. Uh, I do yeah. have, I have one from Jacob, the Circle City Ghostbusters Jacob. He, he submitted one. Uh, he really loved the quote that was, I am here for you. I am yours. You are loved, which was the quote that yeah. he apparently would tell Violet over and over again. And, um, that's that. I, I mean, not to steal Jacobs, but I'm going to. Um, that that actually really did resonate with me. That that's that's what you're trying to do as a parent, as as a father. I've got this baby that I can't communicate with, but you're just trying desperately to to show them that, to make them feel that, to make them feel safe and and nurtured and loved and and protected. And um, it was just such a. I mean. Harold is always so great at putting things into words because he's a writer, obviously. Uh, so I, I felt like that, that just, just punctuated things uh, very well, but it's uh, a good, it's, it's a really good little, little quote and, and you can definitely apply it to your, to your little one as she gets older too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, ge- what gets me and I don't have a specific quote and I know it carries on through the rest of the book, but anytime he talks to her, it doesn't matter what age it is. If he's comforting her or anything, it's okay, baby. She's always his baby. Yeah. And I just think that's just, it's so cute. It's just cute. And that's just me being that stereotypical girl who's into that cute, cutesy stuff. I just think it's adorable. He's so unfazed by things. I mean, she, it it doesn't happen in the first hundred pages, but she becomes sort of a rebellious uh, youth. Uh, A teenager goes through her teens and, 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 you know, uh, gets, gets a little rambunctious, but he is so, even keeled about everything he you know takes everything in stride i i you know i find myself putting myself in his shoes and if my daughter is uh you know getting kicked out of schools and having to change schools and go to a private school and do all of these things i would be stressed and i would be tearing my hair out and like what am i doing and the light at least that Violet paints him in, which I think is, is probably pretty accurate because she would say if it was otherwise mm. is, you know, that he was, all right, what's, what's best for you. We're, we're going to go have a meeting at your school and figure out what's best for you. You know, let's, let's get this, this figured out together and we'll, we'll get you through it. Um, and again, it comes up much later for, for other reasons, which we'll get into in the next show probably. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, again, it's that inadvertent parenting manual that uh, I was not expecting to be reading that uh, comes out in, in the quotes that are resonating at the moment. But yeah, how about how about you? Did you uh, have anything, Solange, that you also had called out? Um, no, not not really. Like I said, it was just not a specific quote of any point. I just I just think it's so cute that he calls her baby. Yeah, it's so cute. Um, Chris, did you, Would you Chris, like do us you to have start one? calling you baby? No, absolutely not. Because <laughs> no. I can make that happen for you. No, Uh-oh. and please don't, please don't leave comments either. <laughs> like I said, oh, you're gonna regret this comment. Oh, I know, I'm going. To <laughs> like it's all that. gonna happen now. It's so bad. <laughs> Only Actually, some of them are gonna be me in a dummy account. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Only you know I'm gonna limit it to like three. Send them. I'll make a book. I'll keep them. <laughs> for a bad day, them. I'll keep them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Chris, before we move on, did you, uh, did you have anything that you had highlighted, uh, not having your book in front of you? Do, do you, can you paraphrase Did you physically anything? highlight it? Yeah. 
Uh, that's how I keep track of how, how much I've read is I highlight as I go. So the whole thing is is highlight up to page 104. You're right not now. even I'm not even going to show you what my face looks like right now because <laughs> <laughs> I could never take a pen or a highlighter to any of my like books like my novels. No. I, I refer that's you back to a real shame. You know, she's she's professionally beautiful. I, re- I refer you back to a previous episode where I, I explained that I, I, I purchased the library quality uh, Mylar uh, jacket covers for my book. So, no, I'm not highlighting it. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Thank God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you were really freaked out there. Weren't you? I was. You, you re- I was. You, he gave you the anxiety. I heard the gasp. Yes, he did. But when I think about it, it's kind of a good idea, and I recommend everybody do it. Um, Highlight their books? <laughs> <laughs> or mylar covers because i'm down with the mylar cover don't 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 dog ear don't pull your corner over highlight i will come the pages. for you if you highlight dog ear your book i will come for you if you highlight the book i will come for you please do not <laughs> i like to hold on to my things i'm a nerd at heart i collect things in their good condition please don't highlight or dog ears your books um, Solange, can we perhaps not threaten the audience quite so much? We'd like to get back on the podcast. <laughs> We've uh, got at least three more episodes where it's contractual. We're good. I was going to say, I think, I think we're, yeah, that's, yeah, that's totally are, safe. I'm actually going to give you the next case, 12. Let's start and, swearing. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I, I, like, I think I kind of, I talked about this already, uh, that if there's any couple of things that I, I kind of highlight, it's the, um, uh, superficially, it's the fact that he and I, essentially have the same handwriting which is to say we don't have handwriting uh and the other is the you know the the sharing movies with her sort of thing is is like i said that's something i i do think about i did think about a lot before reading the book now i'm thinking about more reading it is just like the opportunity i'll have to share film with my son especially since prior to the book i spent a lot of time thinking about it just because my son belongs to a different generation that you know i'm Boy, you know, there's a discussion about exactly how much longer theater film will exist as theater film going as opposed to, you know, just watching it on Netflix later and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's what I like. I like I like and television's gone like we don't have television in our lives like we used to and all that. So I I kind of I find that part the best Like as much as I kind of go, dude, bedtime's for children. Come on. I did find it kind of sweet the whole staying up late together one whoever fell asleep first would finish watching the movie and then wake the other one up to go to bed sort of thing that was yeah i like that one yeah yeah that's again a a great like poignant moment that you can definitely see happening and and we would not have gotten elsewhere yeah as i said that's probably something that those with children will especially gravitate towards where those with us, those of us without, probably go. Oh, that's nice. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, but I stay up all night watching movies. What do you mean? That's yeah. No, when we stay no up one all wakes night on me podcast, up to put me yeah. to bed. <laughs> 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 yeah, as as we get into the two thirty range here. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but, and we, we have, we've kind of hit, I was going to try to keep us to an hour, but there are a couple more questions that I, I did want to close us out with. Um, sure. uh, Seth Rogen, something that I, I pulled out of his forward, um, which we've, we've sort of alluded to in our discussion and, here. And may I say, God damn you, Seth Rogen for being funny and charming. <laughs> I expect pot jokes out of you, That's, sir. Yeah. Be more silly. I don't silly. expect heartfelt congratulations. <laughs> God. And, yeah, and and talking again, another person who sees Harold as a surrogate father, which uh, was was it's very sweet. And and somebody did call out, um, I think it was 
Oh shoot, I'm, I don't have it in front of me. Somebody did call out that they didn't actually care for for Seth Rogen's uh, uh, forward in the discussion, and and just said that it mainly it turned them off to it because they thought that that was going to be the tone of the entire book. That sort of Seth Rogen jokey. Uh, humor, I was but... I was on the fence. I'm gonna be honest. I was oh, on really? the fence. Yeah, and I think because of the array of people that Harold had worked with throughout his career, I'm pretty sure there would have been others had they, I guess, been approached or been willing to that would that would have written written oh my god written it's 2 30 in the morning you're okay yeah (laughs) it's excusable quiet um the more tired we get the funnier it's gonna be (laughs) yeah um yeah there i think there could have been um other people who would have written an equally good forward or intro um but i think that she decided to go with this one because it was such a it was such a heartwarming story yeah, heartwarming story, and and I think that his his appearance in Knocked Up, he actually verbatim says something that he said to Violet, right? The the advice that he gave to Violet about no pills, no powders. If it grows out of the mm-hmm. ground, you're probably okay. That was something that he had told her uh, as as a teenager. Um, so maybe that's it. Maybe she saw something in that father son relationship uh, that. Well, she's writing about her dad. He plays a dad. Yeah. It's a great correlation. It yeah. just works. Um, but uh, but so yeah. So so in in the the forward, Seth Rogen, you know, does say that he's met some of his heroes and they've ultimately ended up disappointing him. Um, but Harold was not that type of person. That Harold exceeded expectations. Uh, and the story that you you alluded to, Solange, was you know they they hit it off. They spent an evening together. They had a great conversation, and and it was. It was wonderful. So I'm wondering, you know, now that we're reading, I personally am reading this book about Harold Ramis, who has been a hero to me and who I did have the privilege of meeting. And, and he was just a a wonderful, twice actually. Yeah. He's really love, lovely, lovely gentleman. Um, I take it back. God damn you, Troy (laughs) Benjamin. God damn you. Yeah. Yeah. It helps. Uh, I I worked for Trevor Albert, who gets mentioned in the book a few times. Uh, so that's that's how I met him. But um, but yeah, I mean, having met him, he exceed. I mean, as a kid growing up on Ghostbusters, Egon Spangler, you know, he was the brains of the operation, and uh, oh, and, had a huge crush on Egon. Yeah, I, oh I wanted All to be Egon. All girls have a huge crush on Egon. It's the epididymis. It's the epididymis. <laughs> it's the epididymis. Yeah. <laughs> and but, the hair. Uh, and the hair so doesn't. so why do you think what you know these expectations that we put on our heroes? Why don't they usually live up to them? Why Why do you I, think that I is? I have a theory. Well, I don't have a theory, but I have a thing about it. Because, I mean, uh, us being a, a con-going group, we meet many celebrities throughout the years. And um, I'm so jealous that you got to meet him, Troy. Oh, my oh, God. Man. Yeah, do I'll you have need to, a minute? Yeah, no, because I I'll, literally I'll, met just the to, surviving to gather your, just your thoughts. Well, I can, I can yeah. tell you, I can tell you the shortened version of the story, which, uh, so I, I had worked for Trevor about the time that Harold was working on ice harvest. Uh, and he came when I was working on the Fox lot, he came into the office and, uh, the, the development exec introduced Harold to me as, uh, Harold, this is Troy. He dresses up like you. And <laughs> I was like, ah, yes, I, I do. It's so nice to meet you. Just and dig yourself in a hole there. Yeah. yeah, it was it was both embarrassing and a really great icebreaker at the same time. But um, but then uh, years later, I was doing the DVD documentary for uh, Back to School, which Harold wrote uh, for Rodney Dangerfield. 
and we were doing his interview. And afterwards, uh, I said, you know, Harold, there's no way that you will remember this, but uh, I used to work for Trevor Albert, and you know, I met you, and um, I, you know, I, I just want to tell you again how much I admire your work, and and I really strive to be a lot like you. Aww. And he goes, Oh. You're that guy that dresses up like me, right? Said, oh my god! He remembered this. This That's total. That's a wonderful thing. Non-sequer. And you're still alive today. And I, I would have told it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. I um, probably so yeah. Died. So again, just a, a wonderful, wonderful human. He he remembered things, and he was just a genuine dude, and. Uh, yeah. So, but again, and it's, it's funny. That's what Seth says in his forward that you place these expectations on these people. And then when they're just a total jerk or they, they brush you off or you say, you say something that you, you love all of their work and you admire them. And they're like, great. Thanks kid. You want an autograph or something? Get out of here. You know, they, yeah. they brush you off. Um, it doesn't so, seem like he was that type of person. No. And I've had like, I've, I've, Going again, going to the cons with the group and stuff like that. I've also here in Toronto. I've done growing up. I did extra work, so used to be if there was a kid in the background, I'd probably be one of those kids. So I've gotten to meet some really interesting people, and some people were nice, and some people weren't. And there's a couple stories that I love to tell people because they'll be like, "That person's great," and I'll be like, "No, that person's a dick." But um, (laughs) (laughs) and I think it kind of goes. Are you talking about me? Of course, every time. just talk about you all the time um and i think it kind of falls into finally (laughs) finally some recognition i think it kind of falls into us as fans we kind of feel or some of us feel like we're owed that interaction like Mm. we've invested our time and our money into your career you wouldn't be where we are today but at the end of the day these are people too like um prime example i've had the chance to meet Edward Norton and people say he's very shy. He's very reserved. And yes, he is. That's how he is. Incredible actor, 100%, but shy and reserved. So running up to him screaming like, Oh my God, can I have your other off? Can I have a picture? It's going to put him off balance. That's not where he's comfortable. Go into his shell and, and try to retreat. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, and when people are like, Oh, it's, you know, don't meet your heroes. And I think you need, just need to be a little bit more realistic about the situation. Yeah, I mean, like they're, they're not going to be exactly what you see from the movie yeah. that you know them from. They will be real people with perhaps something to do or something on their mind or God knows what else. Um, that's that's very true. I have had a chance to work with some of my comedy heroes, and again, it is the exact same thing. It is the exact same thing because they. You you first see them and you're like, oh my god, that guy from from SCTV! Holy crap, I'm yeah. seeing him, and he's just like he is in the on the television. And then you realize, no, that's just his face, and he will always look like that, whether he's on television or in front of you. Yeah. Um, and how you treat him is going to directly reflect how they then treat you back. Uh, if you treat them like a human being, then my God, they might actually treat you like one back. Yeah, they are human. They they can have moods. They can be in, having a bad day or yeah, or a good day or who knows? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, good yeah. Day. And it, like it, it really it it really comes down to that. It's 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 how you approach them. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think, and there are some people out there who are more than happy to give their time and their effort to their fans, and they'll stop everything that they're doing to give those people the, that time. But then at the same time, there's other people who are busy or who, you know, as much as we don't like to think they have them, some of these 
actors, actresses, um, personalities, they, they don't, they don't do well with that kind of interactions. They're mm. it's again, it's, it's them being, being human yeah. and, and, I've had bad interactions meeting, you know, people who I admired and it's forever left a bad taste in my mouth, which kind of sucks now. Cause I can't look at that person's work the same anymore. Um, even though my approach was, you know, relatively calm and, and, and polite and, but you know, they just don't, they don't deal with those situations the way we would like to. And it's, it's a little bit of a, of a veil that us fans kind of put in front of our face. Like I said, sure. they, we, some of us feel like, or some of us, some fans feel like you wouldn't be there if I didn't put you there. So you owe me. Yeah. I think that's, kind of that's kind of what Jamie Knowles, uh, who, who is uh, delightful. She's, she's been listening for a long time and, uh, thanks. Thanks for listening, Jamie. She wrote on our Facebook that she understood. Thanks, Jamie. Seth yes. Still doing Riley, it. Thanks you. Uh, but, uh, she said that she thinks that we put our heroes on a pedestal and then we're disappointed when sometimes they end up proving not to be deserving of that position. So we've, maybe we're also, um, imprinting a little bit of that on ourselves that we're kind of disappointed in ourselves for thinking so highly of that person. And then, uh, like you were saying, they, uh, they, they prove to be, uh, not worthy of that. And then you can't see them in that same light anymore. So you... Uh, it's kind of changed your perception on them, which is interesting. Well, that's the human condition all over, isn't it? I mean, we spend a lot of our time looking for people to respect and to emulate. We do that from children on. I yeah. mean, that's the reason self-help books get published. That's the reason uh, parenting books get published. And you would buy one if it is someone you admire or think, oh, well, they wrote, they uh, raised a great kid and I want to do that too. We we spend our lives looking for people to admire, and it can be really hard when that person doesn't meet the standard we imprint upon them, even though they don't have any obligation necessarily sure. to. It's just because we, uh, again, we'd spend our lives looking for that person to go, that is the person I want to model myself after, right? Especially if it is an outside influence beyond like the immediate family unit because yeah. then they are removed and you are you will never get the same kind of interaction from them that you do from a direct parent or or relative yeah well and it's somebody they're outside of the familial unit but they're also on a screen they're they're a fictitious imprint of something that was acted out. Uh, yeah. And it can seem like they're there all the time. Cause you can just press rewind and play and there, there they are again, just as good as they were the first time. Yeah. yeah. Or the first hundred times or the first hundred times. <laughs> Only a hundred times. Come on. Yeah. Yes. I can <laughs> thousands of people typing away. Not real fans. Not real. Only 100. <laughs> my, I, I my do a hundred before breakfast every day. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> Played it at high speed. Um, well, so here's I, I've got. What's that uh, from? I've, it's a movie. I heard it somewhere. Uh, so I've got one more voicemail from Jacob uh, of the Circle City Ghostbusters. Uh, we'll we'll play this voicemail and then we'll get into our our final question that we'll just go around the room and and uh, end things uh, here on this first discussion. So here's uh, Jacob just closing out uh, talking about meeting our heroes. And uh, let's see, Seth Rogen in his foreword says. He has days to meet his heroes. Why do I think that is? I think a lot of people, when you when your heroes are kind of, you know, out in Hollywood, especially with all the stuff that's going on lately, it's kind of hard, I'm guessing, for a lot of people when they meet 
their their heroes out there to uh, have a good experience. I think that I've had a good experience meeting, you know, the, the few people I have from, you know, the, the Ghostbusters thing. Like, we, we just, uh, my group just did something with Ernie Hudson this past week, and it was, and it was phenomenal. He couldn't have been a nicer guy. So um, I think we put a lot of expectations on people like that to, to be the characters that they, that we see them as and not the, the people that they really are. All right, everyone. Uh, we have come to the end. Uh, we have we ran a little Thank over, you. but that's that's what we do here on the Cross Rip. Um, but before we before we say goodbye, I do. Uh, there was one thing that I did really spark to in terms of quotations of uh, of of themes that I've taken away from the book. Um, life is messy, um, and I, I love the fact that life is messy. It, it always can't be nice and neat, even though it seems like Harold shared my OCD. Everything has a place and put it away when you're done with it. Um, so I want to ask everybody before we go, uh, have any of us accepted that life is messy? And if that is the case, are we adults? Have we accepted this? And are we adults? Uh, Mr. Chris Stewart, do you want to start? Yeah, I have accepted it. <laughs> I have <laughs> yeah. a child. Uh, I have a family. I'm approaching middle age. I've run my own company for the better part of over a decade. Yeah, if I haven't run into messy by this point, I lucked out. Uh, and no, it's yeah, it's it's messy. You can't control everything. You can't anticipate everything. And at a certain point, you just like as a, as a as a a young man man, there was stuff I feared all the time, like you know, every aspect, like, cause when you hit your twenties, you start learning about stuff that can happen and all that in your life. And you start freaking out about it. And then yeah. at a certain point, especially the first couple of times you inevitably run into, it, um, any number of things, uh, you know, you start losing people. Um, you know, the, <laughs> if you run a business for more than five years, you're going to start to see, uh, lots of differences in the economy and stuff like that. It's yeah. It just one day you wake up and you're like, man, I should probably just stop freaking out about it. Cause that's, that's making it even worse. And I can't then, yeah, control you just, this. <clears throat> you learn that it's messy and you learn that you just sort of, you know, you, and you kind of mitigate things as much as you can leading up to it. But at the end of the day, you mostly just got to learn how to roll with it when it happens. So, yeah, I don't know if that makes me an adult, by the way, I, I will make no, no uh, judgment <laughs> on myself in that regard, but I certainly have learned that life is messy and, and, and come to some sort of grips with that. I think that makes you an adult. I th according to the book, that makes you an adult. So, Oh yeah. You're there. <laughs> my, my basement built Ghostbusters toy says otherwise you. But, uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, how about uh, Solange? How about you? Uh, life, life is messy. How are you doing with it? Uh, life is. I agree. Life is messy, and I think, and I do think that once you learn to kind of accept that and learn to roll with the punches, then yeah, I guess you could consider yourself an adult. I learned relatively early on that I didn't have as much control over my life or the life around me that I thought I did, and I found. I have more control now, surprisingly, if I just, if I roll with the punches and kind of let things happen and, and try not to, try not to control it, if yeah. find things work out a little bit better for me. Uh, I don't know if that's just good luck or, but I just, I don't, I don't sweat the small stuff and I don't try to control 
or micromanage everything that happens and usually find things work out. Yeah, you can you can exacerbate the problem by uh, f- fixating on it or f- pouring too much into it or just kind of letting letting it go and rolling with the punches you find ends up well, working like, better for like you. Playing, it's like playing your it's like playing a video game and there's always that one level that you play a million times over and it's just so frustrating you can't get past this boss or you can't get you get stuck. You just stop caring and trust me you'll pass it. Yeah. Yeah, take like take a, a night off and come back to it. Yeah, yeah. Do a lot Always of your works. quotes about being an adult involve video game references? <laughs> I mean, Briley, I, I think I sit with Chris on this. I have walls of shelves and action figures <laughs> and books in mylar coverings and shelves and dustproof cases. I yep. think video games would be the least of it. <laughs> Those are collectibles. <laughs> They're investments. Yeah, exactly. Right there Put with you, Brian. Put on the white gloves. Buy two. We'll sell one later. It'll pay <laughs> yeah. the other one off. Um, Briley, uh, how how about yourself? No, life's never messy. Damn it! No, we've had so many responsible adult uh, responses to this question. I felt I needed to be petulant. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I appreciate the devil's advocate there. <laughs> yeah. If I am anything, I am the devil's advocate. <laughs> I would agree with that statement. Yeah. 100%. Uh, life is, of course, meth- messy. Methy? And it's methy, too, if you do it right. <laughs> that will make it messier, I would imagine. I mean, then cases. you're up at 2.30, th- 2.45 <laughs> doing a podcast going, man, where are my feet? I know I saw them a, mi- a while ago, but I cannot find them now. How am I going to get off the couch? <laughs> oh my gosh um life is of course messy but that is the joy of it that is the beauty of it life is not one or the other life is the is the point is the pinhead between entropy and order that is exactly what life is and to try to push one, too much one way or the other is never going to be satisfying and it's ultimately futile because the other one will push back just as hard Yeah, but I mean that said, I feel like I am a middle-aged boy most days because I feel like there is still stuff to learn and there is still better to be done and there is no such thing as being good enough. You should always strive to be the best you, the person who is you better than the you you were yesterday. And that's a process that you'll probably take on until the day you die if you do it right because I don't think anyone's ever going to be that perfect but perhaps that is being an adult is the realization of the striving is the goal and not the end briley when does your book come out when, yeah i want to read your book, your book. <laughs> it's going to be composed all of sticky notes <laughs> <laughs> multiple colors i hope um there's going to be all sorts of like part of it's going to be a coaster um, part of it's Multi, going to have a mirror I like it. to check your makeup or do drugs. I'm not going to judge. I'm just going to give you the mirror. It's, that's up to you. You decide. Choose your own adventure with the mirror. Yeah. And part of it's going to be a, a throat <laughs> rasp so you can get a lovely deep baritone. <laughs> Choose uh, your own adventure, the self-help book. The self-help Choose book. Your own. Oh my God, that's brilliant. How can that's no Oh, I ended up in the street again. <laughs> Go back to page one. Go New York back Times to number page. one bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> I I literally can't stop. Chris's Chris's 
uh, book about being a teenage girl is going to come out first and then Briley's <laughs> self-help books. I love it. That, these so are going to be the next much. books in the book club here. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss your, your books. Yeah. Um, well, Something tells me for my book, I'm still going to have more sticky note uh, uh, talking <laughs> points than anyone else. As I said on page 394. And I quote myself. Yours. <laughs> the words of my generation, up yours. <laughs> Oh, oh boy, Randy Quaid. Well, um, Troy. Yes. How uh, about you, sir? So I don't know how to follow you, Briley. That was that was very eloquent, and I I don't have that. But uh, I I I don't know that I've come to grips with that quite yet. Um, I feel like I, uh, the producer and the writer in me, I just love to have everything neat and in order. So I guess that also sort of directs me into control freak territory uh, because I, I like to have some semblance of control. I like to be uh, within the boundaries of some sort of preconceived notion that I have. And uh, that's why things often uh, don't, don't go well for me. I, I feel like Chris <laughs> giggling in the background. Yeah. He's, I know exactly what's going through my head, his head. It's yeah. you've got a kid now. You have a self learning entropy engine. So good luck. Yes. And uh. that's, that's been, that's been the, uh, the life altering thing where it's like, well, this is all outside of my control. And, Oh my God! I I don't know what to do anymore. Uh, it's thrown me into a tailspin. I have no idea you're, what's going on. You're well yeah, but into at the, the same time. I bet you love it. It I is. Bet you like? Nope. I wouldn't change it. No, and it, every it's, mess, yeah. every horror, every fear, it's the best. Oh no! There's 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 some some poop mishaps that I think. <laughs> Any parent would still that's, happily change. That's if possible. something you wish you had control over. That's life is messy and uh, your own or theirs. <laughs> both oh, go both. <laughs> I talked to my brother when when Thomas was born. I said, you know what? I'm ignoring everything. Just tell me your anecdotes, and I'll synthesize from there. And he was like, "The poop's gonna get out of control, and you can do nothing about it." <laughs> so I don't know what that means. And it was like she was so tiny. But I'm telling you, it went up her back once. Like, not out of the... It's going to come out of the diaper a lot, but this one time, all the way up her back. Still don't know how she did it. It's like, I'm like, once you get to that point, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, there's no... And after it happens more than once, you go, oh, all right. Right on. You just have your control. Bonus. You're surfing yeah. the, the wave of poop. <laughs> I will tell you this right now. I would tell you, this is a free advice for everybody out there. This is getting off. Well, it's not off topic. We're talking about, you know, uh, uh, no, a daughter and her dad and being raised and all that sort True. of thing. Yes. Free advice for, for I don't know about mums. Uh, I guess mums probably. Uh, I find that mothers are essential to the baby making process. They are. They're extremely essential. Uh, critical even, one might say. Uh but but at the same time, women's fashion usually means they have some sort of carrying device. Guys tend not to have bags of holding with them and sort of thing. And and I'm just telling you now that the dad, you know, the 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 diaper bag and all that is fine for a while, and then you reach that phase where they're transitioning away from diapers, or even you don't have to feed them constantly. So really, the only issue is the diaper. I'm telling you right now, guys, you can put. You can put one diaper in your back pocket and you can put a, a sandwich bag wipes <laughs> in the other and you are set. Any emergency that comes along, you're ready. That's you all have you need. Just, yeah. You have just tripled <laughs> your runtime out in the world. You haven't had to carry a bag, nothing. 
Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, all the moms out there are like, damn it, shut up with your pockets. <laughs> it's, it's, shut up with your pockets. Like, they will reach a phase where got no pockets. If, they're, if they're like, I'm thirsty, you can stop and get them a drink. I'm hungry, you can get them something to eat. And but and if they if there's a mishap, yeah, just just all you need, one diaper and a few wipes in your back pocket, you're done. You're set. You're good. <laughs> That's uh, coming soon to Chris's book as well. Di- diaper and wipes. That's all you need. <laughs> I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna call that that's one, a chapter i'm gonna call that one diaper wipe heater throw that shit out <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> throw that shit out yeah that shit. <laughs> you don't need that shit um all right well Brilliant. uh i, I do want to get to uh mandy roy uh had a, a great closing thought here that i thought i would end us on uh so that we can bid our ontario friends farewell and they can hopefully sleep very quickly Um, But so here's Mandy Roy via our Facebook. She says, life is exceedingly messy, especially now. I'm glad in some sense that he's not still here to suffer in it. She, She says he referring to Harold throughout this entire letter. I should say that, that he's not still here to suffer in it, though he would take it in his own Zen stride as he always did. I'll be 40 next year and I'm an adult whether I like it or not kids or not working on that been five years will need expensive medical intervention for that but i also get scared of get what you wish for syndrome but my appreciation began with a crush when i was around nine or ten and i came to find out later that i was far from alone in that he was my mother's age later on in life i inadvertently dated several guys who looked like him maybe they'll apply to our Harold ramus lookalike contest uh but my husband who Please is like do. him yes do it Uh, My husband, who is like him in every other way, explained it to me thus. When I expressed embarrassment over transitioning from a crush to claiming in some fantasy world that Harold was my father, he's the father I wanted. Even having never known any of this about him, he exuded it, even on screen. Intelligence. Uh, But the new way of Spock, as he put it, wasn't really fooling anyone, particularly in Ghostbusters 2, when he had met Erica and he was happy. And though Anne never really got over him, my mom was the same about my dad. My mom could finally see what I meant. Knocked Up is one of her favorite recent films and liked his doctor character in As Good As It Gets as he was empathetic. Both of those characters were him. Uh, so thanks, Mandy. That uh, she, she was a little embarrassed by writing so much, but she said everything that we just said in the last hour and 45 minutes uh, summed up incredibly well there. She had the same response that it sounds like we did as well. Mandy, never be upset or apologize for saying what you like. No, yes, never. What do no. you mean? Uh, We've I, just filled an hour and 40 minutes doing that. Yes, absolutely. And especially now where negativity, you know, Chris and I say it uh, as many times as we possibly can. Negativity seems to be what everybody wants to vocalize. Uh, you know, if, if if you have something positive to say, don't be shy. Absolutely. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702 GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Friends is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray.
so speaking of speaking your mind and not being afraid to do it um, and be just quickly closing before oh my god are you gonna propose to them no um you guys um keep in mind like i said i run all the social medias and and all your direct messages and stuff like that go to me so if you want a safe place to talk i'm cool with it the ontario ghostbusters are totally cool with helping you through or chatting it out or if you just feel like you know sharing something that's on your chest or on your mind our social medias are a safe place to do it and if you feel comfortable enough to leave it in a comment so you can open a discussion go ahead we're that there is, for you that is awesome that's really kind of you to offer i know a lot of people out there would probably welcome that with open arms because uh, it's you, you never know who you can talk to about certain things uh and uh yeah that's that's awesome of you um so i, I hit- feel like we missed an opportunity solange we I did feel like I feel like we did. I feel like you really should have ended that with who you're going to call. Oh. I know. And oh, that's no. why I'm Take one two. of the presidents right <laughs> here. Two. Thinking of the little things, doing the details. Well, where where are, where can, can these folks find you on the social medias in order to do so? So on Facebook, we are the Ontario Ghostbusters. On Instagram, we are Ontario Ghostbusters. On Twitter, we are O-N underscore Ghostbusters. Um, no Tumblers or anything like that. We're a little yeah. bit too old for that, I think. That's all right. Any, um, but pretty much the main three. The Fab Three. Perfect. Or come see us at a convention. Oh, yeah. Come see us in person. Yeah, go speak we'll be in at person. FanX next. Yeah, FanX Boom. End of and, August, beginning you know, of September. Bring some money because we're here to collect donations after all. Yes. Oh, yes. Bring all Can the money. Plug the charities. Plug the charities. Plug the charities. We're collecting for a no-kill animal shelter and the MS Society, as you might have heard on this very podcast. That is correct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yes, uh, that's that's the uh, hashtag last of the petty cash from a few weeks ago. Uh, Help out the Ontario folks. Uh, They're doing good work. And, uh, again, that's really kind of you, Solange, to open that up. If you guys want to talk, you've got a good... uh, You've got a good person so you can talk to and and she is listening so um all right well uh i want you guys to sleep i want you uh to to rest and uh thank you so much for joining us uh, here on the podcast Solange, uh briley chris stewart i don't know if you're still are you still there you disappeared (laughs) and he's three hours behind you can i ask solange for a final thought then can we do that absolutely we totally let solange have it yeah Solange, um, do yes. you have a final thought? I do. Um, pineapple is great on pizza. Agreed. <laughs> He's awake. <laughs> He's awake and he wants some food. We found pizza. the on button. Pizza. <laughs> yeah. Get Hawaiian pizza. pizza. Absolutely right. Oh my God. You. After all of what we just said, that's the one that's going to get the negative comment. You that's know that, the, right? Yeah, that's what you're going to get. I you know. will not get any 2016 Ghostbuster <laughs> comments. Monster. It's all going to be like, Pineapple on pizza, you monsters! I know. Uh, I mentioned- <laughs> you go to taste jail. There's a place here. Um, it goes one step further. They have the the Maui pizza, and <gasps> it's it's pulled pork and pineapple. It oh, is. That yeah. sounds good. Hey, is it? I'm gonna go have a midnight snack now. Thanks, guys, for that. And yeah, uh, yeah but uh, thanks, thanks for joining everybody. Uh, Ghostbusters daughter, one through one hundred. Uh, 100 through 200 coming soon so um yeah get your uh, sticky notes ready make yeah get take briley's example to heart and don't 
don't do the highlighter. Don't do the highlighter. Do the sticky don't notes. Do the sticky notes. Solange will hunt you down, and she's a tall, imposing woman. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm five foot eleven. Um, <laughs> like hell, you're six foot three. Yeah, in the heels. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, don't don't anger her then, everybody. <laughs> all right. Until until next time, we'll see you all on the other side. Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. That used to be one of my two favorite shows. Let me guess. Gozer was no study. Everything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Oh, oh, oh. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Weird.